You may be seated. Will you pray with me? Holy One, my tears have been my food both day and night. All day long they say to me, now where is your God? My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you in the lands of Dhaka, Orlando, Istanbul, Medina, Baghdad, St. Paul, Baton Rouge, Dallas, St. Louis, and Valdosta. Once again, we find ourselves, oh God, my God, praying and grieving after a mass shooting and other senseless deaths. We cry out in anguished prayer for peace and reconciliation, while others say we need action, not prayer. We are a people who know that prayer is action. And we know that we need both prayer and acts of mercy and justice and love. We put our hope in you. For we will yet praise you, O oh God, for all of our days. Heal our pain as we journey towards freedom and just works through love. Someday. May it be so. Amen. Back in March, when we began to plan the Broadway series, the staff were asked to bring together titles and a premise of some Broadway shows that we could consider for this series. Well, the night before the meeting, the, the two that I thought of were Dream Girls and For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Was Enough. Because I wanted to pick some that I would actually know what the musical was about, or the Broadway series was something about, because I am not like um, a Broadway fan. <clears throat> but what came out of my mouth that morning was West Side Story. Now, I like West Side Story, I, I know it's a, a classic, but I don't love West Side Story. I have no idea why it came out of my mouth, but I have learned to lean into the spirit's movement. There are lots of other shows offered up, so I was certain that West Side Story was not going to make the cut. but. Sure enough, it made the cut. <laughs> and I have the joy of preaching it. <laughs> so in April, as we began planning the timeline for July, I agreed to preach the 10th of July. I knew that we would just be getting back from general conference, and so we would have a new moderator elected, a new board of governors, a new statement of faith. You know, it would be a real celebratory time. So I said, sure, I'll, I'll preach right after we come back from conference. 
So in May, I began to draft my outline for the sermon. I was going to base it around a journey to freedom through love and, and loving that society tells us that we should not love. It would be a sharing of our stories, a light, happy sermon. I thought, you know, it's right after Pride. You know, I'll preach about Tony and Maria kind of being like us in many ways. They had that magic moment of seeing each other across the room and their eyes met and their hearts touched and forever their lives were changed. I was going to say, you know, we know that kind of feeling, don't we? That moment our lives are forever changed because we have connected soul to soul with someone of the same sexual orientation or with someone who understands our non-conforming gender identity or someone who was of a different race, yet is our soulmate. Or for any of the many reasons that others believe that we should not love. I was going to wrap it all up in a bow and end with love is love is love. And love always wins. But then Orlando happened. Sunday, June 12th, 49 people killed. Then the the bombing in the airport in Istanbul. And then Baghdad, 200 other souls lost to a truck bomb. And then Medina, and another 23 souls in Dhaka, Bangladesh. Then Tuesday, Philando Castile, and St. Paul, and Wednesday, Elton. Sterling in Baton Rouge. And then Thursday night, as Cassandra and I were walking through the airport, we hear five officers, peace officers, have been murdered in Dallas. And then Friday, peace officers in Valdosta, Georgia, and St. Louis, Missouri were called with fake 911 calls. And then yesterday, right here in Houston, a man was shot and an officer was injured. So as I sat bewildered thinking about the message for today, I cried out to God. I said, what can I preach in the midst of all of this tragedy? I get it. That we are a people who live with hope. Yet, in sitting still and listening, I slowly realized that the larger truth of West Side Story is very apropos for today.
killed him and my brother and Riff. Not with bullets and guns, with hate. Well, I can kill too, because now I have hate. How many can I kill, Chino? How many? And still have one bullet left for me. Not with bullets and knives, with hate. I can kill now because now I have hate, Maria says. That's the bottom line, isn't it, in all of this madness. Hate versus love. You know, it's easy to hate especially the other. No matter what that other is, the jets and the sharks, or black versus white, or peace officer versus civilian, or Muslim versus Christian, or same gender loving versus heterosexual, or Sunni versus Shiite, or immigrant versus citizen, Democrat versus Republican. We're taught to fear and hate early in our lives, while we are still learning that Jesus loves the little children of the world, we also learn, well, not every little child, just the ones who look like us, who think like us, who come from where we come from, who believe like us. But that's not what we're called to be as followers of Christ. Isaiah 58, 12 says, we will rebuild what has long been in ruins, building again on the old foundation of the God's radically inclusive love. And we are those who we will rebuild the walls that will circle wider and wider. We are those who are to restore relationships, not someday, today. Nelson Mandela says, no one is born hating another person because of the color of their skin or their background or their religion. He says, people learn to hate, and if they learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes far more naturally to the human heart than does its opposite. In John 13, Jesus says, now I give you a new command. Love one another. Like I have loved you, that is the way you must love one another. If you have loved for all of God's creation, then everyone will know that you are my disciples, my followers. Sometimes being a follower of Jesus sucks. Because being a follower of Jesus interferes with our life. Sometimes 
I want to be a fan of Jesus, not a follower. Because if I'm a fan, then I can stand close enough to Jesus to get all the benefits, but not so close as it, that it will require me to do anything. Being a follower costs. Being a follower costs love. It's a cost. And it costs being crystal clear on our understanding that love is a verb. Being a follower on a journey towards love means that I have to do something when I see injustice happening to anyone. Being a follower means I have to say something when injustice is perpetrated on groups of people or to any of God's creation. Being a follower means I have to be the change that God seeks, no, that God demands in this world. I have to speak truth to power in love. Being a follower means I don't get to wait to go to heaven. For we pray as it is in heaven, so it is on earth. And then we do what we must do to bring heaven here and now, today. It means that we have a calling to be proactive in our role in co-creating God's dominion here and now. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 43 to 45, you have heard it said, love your friends and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for anyone who mistreats you because then you will be acting like the Holy One in whose image and likeness you are made. God makes the sun rise equally on those whom we deem good and those we deem bad. And God sends rain on the ones who do right and the ones who do wrong. Journeying in love does not mean that we merely stand with Orlando or Medina or Dallas, although standing is a very good place to begin. Love means that we must proactively engage ourselves in loving through marching with the disenfranchised, loving through educating ourselves on issues, loving through petitioning for those who cannot, and running for office so that we can make the changes that need to be made. Loving through seeking justice for all people. Loving through praying for all people. Loving through serving all people. Not just the ones we like. We followers are called into creating relationships across all of the artificial boundaries that we set up amongst ourselves. 
That is true freedom. Love. On June 18th, I came up to set up the candlescape representing the 49 lives taken in Orlando. I struggled with placing only 49 candles. It troubled my spirit all night long. See, I, th I thought about putting 50 candles in the candlescape without saying anything, but that would have been disingenuous, and that's not the way I want to minister with and among you. As Angela and I lit the candles before worship on the 19th, my numbness broke from the prior week, and I sat pretty much where you're sitting, and I, I, I cried. I cried for each of the 49 victims and their families and friends whose lives had been forever changed. It is, I sat and cried. And I listened to GE practicing same love. I found myself holding a deeper sorrow for Omar's family, and friends. You see, they were grieving too because they had lost a son and a husband and a father and a friend and a co-worker. Yet there was no one who was publicly offering a word of comfort or grace to them. Their lives, too, had been forever changed. They would forever be the son of, or the spouse of, or the parent of that guy who took the lives of so many people. No one was lighting a candle for their loss. And it was rending my heart. because I try my best to be a follower, not a fan. Yeah. I knew I had to pray for them. And yet I also knew that I had to honor the pain that was present in this room for those of us who were grieving from the destruction of the sanctuary of the Pulse and who were remembering the first anniversary of Mother's Emmanuel in Charleston. So I lit a candle in my office for Omar and his family. I don't know what caused him to hate himself and others so much that he had to take their lives but I don't need to have to know if I'm a follower. Lighting that candle and offering that prayer freed my spirit. I explained to Troy what I was doing because 
I needed him to know what and why. And I'm grateful that he supported me in lighting a candle for Omar. He's a follower too. We do know that moment. As awkward and surprising and sometimes devastating as it can be, that moment when our lives are forever changed because we've been connected to another's soul. Connected with someone that society tells us that we should not love. The moment we become followers all over again in this journey to freedom through love. I want to be clear. I'm a gun owner. But I ask you to join me in petitioning our local, state, and federal representatives to ban the sale of assault rifles to ordinary citizens for the sake of the lives of our peace officers and for the lives of our citizens. There are forms in the gathering place that you can sign after worship. I also ask you to join me in praying for all of those out there who are spewing hate, who happen to be our local and state and federal representatives. I'm praying that they too can become followers and not just fans on whatever path to love that they follow. I still get to close today by saying love is love is love is love. And it will always win. Thanks be to God.